Well, good evening again. It's good to be with you guys tonight to look at the scriptures and to see what they have for us. Uh, if you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we'll be tonight. And our focus, we'll be reading uh, verses 10 through 17, but our focus will really be on verses 14 through 17. And tonight, we are looking at the spiritual discipline of reading scripture, of reading the Bible. These last few weeks, if you've been here, you know, uh, we've looked at uh, different ways in which we grow in these uh, various spiritual disciplines as Christians, how we grow spiritually, how we grow in the Lord. And tonight, again, we're looking at reading God's Word. And as you're turning there, uh, I'll just tell you a quick story. The other day, I was driving home, uh, I think it was from soccer practice with my daughter, Maggie, who's eight years old. Uh, and she asked me a question. She said, are there instructions for cars? And I said, what an astute question that is. And I replied, yes, there's a manual in the glove box. And then she asked me, have you read the whole thing? <laughs> <clears throat> to which I proudly replied, no, I, I pretty much know how cars work. Um, ironically, as I'm telling her this, indeed for the past few weeks, and even this very day, uh, the sound of what, what I can only describe as a dying robot is coming out from my engine in my car, uh, and so it seems that uh, maybe I really don't know how cars work as well as I thought I did. And maybe I'd ignored the instructions that were given to me in the maintenance, uh, in the manual. And so our passage tonight, it really helps us to see the why. Why do we read Scripture? It lays it out for us. Paul, in this passage, he lays out the realities of, of living as a Christian to Timothy in these few verses, and he caps off this section uh, with a focus on continuing. We'll see that here in a moment. Continuing in the Word of God. Showing its value. The, the necessity of it. The power of it in the life of Christians. And so I'll quickly read the passage and then pray, and then we will jump right in. So 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17 says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, endured from, excuse me, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you tonight for your word, and we do ask humbly that you would teach us and help us to see Jesus in it. We ask this in his name. Amen. A long time ago, back in the year 1799, a Frenchman 
named Pierre-Francois Bouchard. He was a lieutenant in the French army under Napoleon, who we've all heard of. Well, he found himself here in Egypt on an exploratory expedition. Back at this time, the French had sort of a, a semi-obsession with all things Egyptian. And he found himself stationed just a couple miles northeast of a port city called Rosetta. And one day, a group of soldiers uncovered their mysterious slab with multiple inscriptions. And what they discovered, you probably guessed by now, was what we call the Rosetta Stone. You've heard of this, right? It's a real historical thing. Um, and this was a monumental discovery for the French, but really for all modern people. Because this slab, it contained inscriptions from back around 196 B.C., but it was in three different forms. Egyptian hieroglyphics, the Demotic language, and then ancient Greek at the bottom. And this discovery, it became the key in understanding Egyptian hieroglyphics because Greek was a known language. And through the Greek, it was a deciphering tool here to understand what were previously mysterious hieroglyphics. The Rosetta Stone opened up a world of wonder and discovery for the French and, and even the whole world. Our passage tonight, it helps us to see how the Word of God, it, it serves as a lens that He has given us through which we can see and understand the world properly and rightly. The Rosetta Stone, it laid out a new understanding of ancient mysteries. And so the Scripture reveals to us God's will, His purposes, and His very self in the person of Christ. In the busyness of our lives today, with which I know all of us struggle, we can only focus time and attention on a limited number of things, a limited number of relationships and activities, and the reality for us is we have a limited number of priorities. But if we back away and try to view the world from sort of a bird's-eye view, if you will, we have to admit that what we do as fallen humans is we give time and attention to things that we prioritize, don't we? And only those things. The reality is that we prioritize things that are most important to us. We give time and attention to things that are most important to us. And as Christians, sometimes we do this at the expense of spending time with the Lord in the word that he has given to us. And arguably, along with prayer, reading scripture is probably the most important priority we should have. It's certainly one of them. But in terms of walking as a Christian, God's revealed word here before us, we have this. And to not make that a priority is a grave mistake. The challenge, it's a challenge for us because in, in this day and age, there's so much that we can do that we often forget what we should do. God's given us his word to feast upon it, to nourish us, to taste and see his goodness, to teach us and to rebuke us and to correct us and train us, as we saw just a second ago here in this passage. And the main thing I want us to see tonight in this brief time is that we go to the scriptures, we read the Bible, because that's where we find Jesus. Simply that. This is where we find Jesus. 
Our text tonight is Paul's second letter to Timothy where he writes during his second Roman imprisonment somewhere near uh, in the mid-60s A.D. to encourage Timothy, his son, in the faith as he ministers in Ephesus, that he would persevere in the face of suffering and, and just learn to live as a Christian. He encourages Timothy to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, which includes suffering, in his case, and opposition. And it requires a faithful resolve to live in light of the truths of the gospel. He calls here for Timothy to be mature in his faith and in his conduct. And here in our passage tonight, he speaks, Paul speaks of the last days where people will be, quote, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, etc. Not too far off from the way things are today. Paul mentions all this ungodliness that will characterize this age, and then, then he calls on Timothy in verse 10 of our passage, and he says, you, however, he grabs his attention. Oh, he's talking to me, Timothy must have said. And then he reminds him of his teaching and the way of faithful living he's to follow and to be an example of. In verse 14, he tells him to continue, to continue. I'm going to read 14 through 17 quickly again. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. This is our focus for this, this evening. And so, as we said, the main thing tonight as we look at the Scriptures is to see reading the Scriptures is where we find Jesus. And this passage points out a couple of ways that we find Him. First, is that we read the Bible and we find Jesus as our salvation. He says that plainly in verses 14 and 15. Again, he says, And how, from childhood, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation. Timothy and his church were threatened here by the influence of false teachers attempting to sway them from the faith. And Paul exhorts them to continue holding fast, holding fast to the gospel, this foundational truth. This idea here of continuing is, is that of abiding, right? Of standing and remaining firm. And what is the truth that he's referring to here? Well, in verse 15, he mentions the sacred writings that tell of salvation, the word of God, salvation that comes through Christ alone. And this truth, this utterly unshakable reality, it should ground Timothy it should ground the church. It should ground you and me. And it's only found here in these writings, in the Word of God. Here is where we find Jesus as our salvation. And we see this all over the pages of Scripture. I'm going to share with you several different passages just to show this. The Scriptures remind us of this truth when they tell us in Colossians, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And I love this verse. 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together in Jesus. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. God has communicated this saving truth of the grace of Jesus Christ to us right here, all over these pages. And so we go to it over and over and over to be reminded of this, to stand firm and to continue on. Not too long ago, uh, I went to Lowe's just down the street, and I don't claim to be a skilled gardener by any means, but I do enjoy it, and I'll talk to you about gardening if you ever want to. Um, so I was at Lowe's, and I, I purchased two semi-mature, somewhat tall gardenias. Everyone loves gardenia, right? Wonderful smell, and I, I planted these in the front flower bed. My house is very old. It was built in 1934, and so it did not come equipped with gutters on the top, on the roof. And so you can guess when the rains come down hard, they come straight down into the flower bed, which can be helpful, but it can also damage. So the rain comes down, and these gardenias, they tend to lean over. But thankfully, these gardenias, they, they come equipped with something with a bamboo support that they are tethered to. And we often don't notice this, right? But I couldn't help but think of this when I looked at this passage, and it reminded me of how tethered we are to Jesus. And we find that truth in the gospel. The rain would fall on these plants, but they would not be fully uprooted. They might lean a little, but they're held upright because they're tethered. It has a firm and healthy foundation. Let me ask you something tonight. Are you acquainted with these sacred writings? The Word of God? The scriptures that tell of Jesus? Do you know them? Do you return to them again and again to be reminded and to see Him? Our faithful Savior, Jesus, he came to lift us out of the pit of sin and despair and hopelessness, to give us life by reconciling us to himself, as we read in Colossians a moment ago. And his word right here constantly reminds us of this abundant goodness to us. These sacred writings, they, they point us to Jesus as our one true salvation. Will you go to his word and see that? Will you taste and see that the Lord is good? He offers this to us. And we have the opportunity to drink over and over again from the living waters of Christ, offered freely to us here. The scriptures are where we find Jesus for our salvation. Well, not only that, we, we find Jesus certainly as our salvation as we look at the scriptures, but we also find Jesus for our life 
And we see that in verses 16 and 17. And what I mean here is, yes, we just talked extensively that, about Jesus being our, our salvation, our foundation for life. But it doesn't end there. He sustains us through His Word, through all of life, our collective life, individual, yes, but as the body of Christ, He sustains us. We, we find Jesus here for our life as well. The passage tells us that all Scripture is, quote, breathed out by God. That's a curious phrase. Different translations might say God-breathed. But the idea here, and by the way, this is the only place in all of Scripture you will see that phrase, the Greek word that is. It carries the idea that Scripture is inspired by God, but it also proceeds directly from God. He has exhaled if you will, his word from his heart to you and I to sustain us in all of life. All areas of our lives can be examined through the lens of Scripture. Did you know that? Do you take things to Scripture? Well, Paul mentions four things here to Timothy, four areas of life, and the first two of those are teaching and rebuking. And what it's saying is that the Scriptures offer us both encouragement in teaching, and warning, in rebuking. Encouragement, like you might find somewhere in, in Isaiah chapter 41, which tells us this. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. And be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. These words of comfort and encouragement to Israel they also comfort and encourage us, the people of God. We might also find words of rebuking or warning in the Scriptures. Like in Hebrews 2, he tells us, Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation. It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Here we are warned to pay close attention to the word of God unless, lest we drift away from him. Well, Paul also mentions in our passage tonight, correcting and training. These are those things that lead us to holy living. Correction is mentioned all over Scripture, a lot in Proverbs, actually. And Proverbs 15 tells us, verse 32, whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof or correction gains intelligence. And lastly, Paul talks about training, training in righteousness. We see that in Colossians 2, again, Paul writing, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Indeed, the Bible is full of wisdom. It's full of instruction for our life. That life that comes from Jesus and is sustained by him. The scriptures touch every area of our lives if we will just take them to them. 
and they lead us to Jesus who sustains our lives, who directs our lives, who shapes and sanctifies our lives. I'm going to share one last scripture with you that shows that every need and want we could possibly have, God provides for us. In Philippians 4, 19 and 20 tells us, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, the word of God is where we find Jesus for our lives, our very lives. I mentioned earlier that we tend to give our time and attention and priority to those things that truly matter to us. What matters to you? I think we would all say our family is important. Our jobs are certainly important. Our future all these earthly cares that we have. How are you viewing all of these things? The eyes of flesh, they'll fail us, and they'll, call, they'll lead to endless frustration. Or are we viewing our lives through the lens of the Word of God? Every area, will you go to Him in His Word? He calls you to it. Will you spend time with Him to know Him? to grow in him and to love him more, will you take his revelation of himself and make it your own? A few weeks ago, I was talking with Parker in his office, and he was asking me how to retrieve an old Facebook video, I believe, uh, how to find the original video, that is. And I thought about it for a moment, and um, I thought, yes, go to iCloud right? iCloud backup. And see if the original is backed up there so you can use the video. Keep it. Save it. And so I went back to my office for a moment, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my iCloud. I got curious. And I wanted to look at some old pictures and videos and stuff that I just don't see anymore. I won't admit to you how much time I spent doing that, (laughs) because I was at work. But do you know what happened as I did that? As I spent time looking at old pictures of my family, old videos for my kids, my heart was warmed. I was moved by that. Affection grew and and happiness and joy as I remembered these times and these little ones. I saw my family and remembered good times, and I remembered challenging times, too. And I remember God's faithfulness in all of those times. My heart was warmed and my affections were moved. And as we come to the Lord, as he calls us to himself in his word, we find Jesus. We find our Lord, our Savior. We're reminded of this great salvation that we're offered freely by grace so that our hearts will be warmed and our affections will be moved to worship him. And we're reminded that he alone, he's our life. And he's all that we need for all of life. All scriptures point to Jesus. This is where we find him. Will you go to him there? Let's pray together.
Lord, again, we, we are thankful for your word and that you do freely call us to yourself in it. Holy Spirit, would you, would you cause us to heed that? Would you draw us to yourself each day as a moment to be with you, an opportunity to worship? Lord, would you give us a love for your word that we would feast on it? that we would taste and see your goodness, and that we'd be changed for it. Would you make us more like you as we seek you in your word, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.